Welcome to the Thinking Man Podcast. Think different, be different, make a difference. Okay, another episode, Thinking Man Podcast. Today with us is Tommy. Tommy, how are you today? I'm good. Yourself? Uh, Awesome, as always. All right, today, ethics. And as we discuss ethics, I want to start off by giving a little definition, Tom, just so everybody's on the same page. Um, Because sometimes we get confused about what ethics are. And, you know, we think about ethics. I titled this this one, Ethics, because we hear of, you know, ethical dilemmas. And we're going to get to that, you know, the old train track, either a moral or ethical dilemma. And is the ethic the dilemma or is man the dilemma? So I titled this one, Ethics. Is man the dilemma? And we'll wrap that up near the end. So let's define ethics. You know, sometimes this is, this is just a standard dictionary definition right now. Yeah, well, the definition, or just as I look through and piece together vary, uh, various different things. So, uh, you know, as I as I look at it, it's how I how I put together a little definition of ethics, just to in layman's terms for us all to understand. So ethics and morals relate to right and wrong conduct. While they're sometimes used interchangeably, they're different. Ethics refers to rules provided by an external source. As an example, we have a code of conduct in workplace or different principles in religions, where morals refers to an individual's own principles regarding right and wrong. So sometimes we'll see something, we'll see somebody and how they act, and we'll say, oh, that person is acting, we deem it unethical. But in that case, you could define uh, ethics as a set of mor- morals that pertain to a group. More or less pertaining to a group, right? And that group could be a societal group. It could be a group of lawyers, whatever whatever it, it may be. We'll see. You can even have a lawyer that we think is doing the right moral thing, but he's being unethical. We'll, we'll talk about that in a moment as well. So when our minds start to wonder, you know, we start to think, we, we question their moral code or the values upon which they base their decisions. And we think of ethics, we think of morals, we think of values. And I just want to separate the two. We did a whole, our whole last podcast was on values. So if you haven't listened to that yet, you got to listen to that before you get here. Awesome podcast, but that is super important and you'll see why. But it tends to get a little bit murky. As a society, we tend to interchange even the three of them. So what's the difference between ethics, morals, values. It's slight, but it's there. But understanding the three will give us a greater understanding. So as we look at values, Tom, and again, from our previous uh, episode, that's a person's ability to judge between right and wrong. Values include a deep-rooted belief system. They have intrinsic worth, but they're not universally accepted. My values are going to be different than your values. doesn't mean my values are right and yours are wrong. We could just value different things in life, and that's okay. But again, but even, listen to the last episode on values. That one's real important because you should have good values. Go ahead. I'm sorry. But even though they're individual, they could pertain to like family values that you have as a group or, or religious values yeah, as well. 100%. Right? So they can be more broad than, than just intrinsic. Oh, well, yeah, when I say intrinsic, there it's everybody's individual and because I value say you valued family and I didn't that doesn't mean because some people don't want to have a family I might value helping others more where you might not 
that's why so when we talk about values it's there's some values that are better to have i mean if you value money okay it's your value is that really the best thing to value though you know in the yeah. it, it's not real good so but again our whole last episode um everybody if you haven't listened to it go back because it really goes into detail how important those values are and what they mean about our decision making all the different things in our lives we don't realize we go on autopilot and we make those those decisions so with values each individual determines what should and shouldn't be by what they value you know by what's important what's valuable to me uh, for example if someone's value system is founded upon honesty they would probably make a proper judgment between cheating on a college entrance exam which is wrong and studying hard to ace a college entrance exam right so interesting inter i'm mm -hmm. gonna interrupt you a Go, few times please. here because i i, I, want I like the points you're making but i want to to sort of uh deepen the understanding Go here ahead. um so uh you have a value where it is wrong to cheat on a college entrance exam it is also unethical and immoral to cheat on a college entrance exam based on those that code of ethics yeah. defined for entering that college. So your your values can directly map to 100% ethics. Yeah. And what will happen is the good news is that if you have the right value system, it doesn't matter what the what the ethical or moral situation is, you're going to do the right thing. Because otherwise, say everybody cheats or everybody does this, then you might go along with it that everybody else does it. So that's why the values are really a very strong point. So the other part of that, conversely, if someone valued achievement and success over honesty, that person may opt to cheat on the exam in order to achieve the desired result. This now goes, you know, which does a person value more? And that's why it's so important to have our values in life because what that means what is important to us. That doesn't mean that you can have those two values separately and have them be, have them work together. Like, like you could want to achieve and be successful, but you can also want to not cheat on an exam 100. and accomplish those yeah. two things at once. You need to listen to my last episode okay. because what it'll, <laughs> no, no, I mean that sincerely <laughs> because what it does is when your, if your values challenge each uh -huh. other, there's something wrong. And that would be one like, I really want to achieve success. You know, what, 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 you know, well, your other value of honesty, it means, and that's good if your values can balance e e e itself out. Yeah, they could complement yeah, each other. Yeah, absolutely. That and that's, that's okay. So these fundamental beliefs are the barometer that go on to guide a person's decisions in life. Values don't necessarily need to be system-wide in a group of people. Rather, they tend to be personal, individual, foundational, and it influences a person's behavior. And again, I just wanted to give an overview. Morals are formed out of values. Some people would think it's the other way around, but this is really how it should be. Morals are formed out of values. They're, they're the actual system of beliefs that emerge out of that person's core values. Morals are, again, specific and context-driven rules that govern a person's conduct. Because this system of beliefs is individually tailored to a person, life's, uh, to that person's life's experience, it is subject to 
opinion. So a moral person wants to do the right thing based on what they think the right thing is. And a moral impulse usually means that person has the best intentions. A person's idea of morals tends to be shaped by their surrounding environment and sometimes their belief system. Moral values also shape a person's ideas about right and wrong. They often provide the guiding ideas behind ethical systems. That's where it gets tricky. Morals end up being also then the basis for ethics. So that they, they're more linked together than they are synonymous. So a little bit of that, Tom, was you know, me reading through what I, I wrote down a little bit about those two and how they, they lead into each other so that people have a better understanding because, again, we go on autopilot. We really are automatons. We don't think about why we think. We don't think about why we do things. We don't understand things. And if we take a minute to think, to understand, to look, we'll understand that I can be in control of this machine instead of thinking I'm in control of this machine when really I'm just along for the ride. Now, as we get to ethics, they're distinct from morals and they're a little more practical. An ethical code doesn't have to be moral. It does not have to be moral. What's the example of that? Okay. I'm going to give you one. First, let's look at ethics as just a set of rules to follow, right? We have the professional organizations that have rules of ethics. The American Bar Association, American Medical Association. They've um, created specific ethical codes for the respectable fields. An ethical code has nothing to do with cosmic righteousness or a set of beliefs. It's a set of rules that are drafted by, in this case, trade groups to ensure members stay out of trouble and act in a way that brings credit to the profession. Very simple. So ethics aren't always moral and vice versa. Let's talk about it. So uh, I'm going to cut you off here because I'm, I'm, I'm taking a very interesting look at this. A moral can be, so moral is based on a value that an individual might have that may apply to a larger, more, a more well-defined subset uh, uh, of that value, correct? Uh, uh, state that again. So, so a, a moral is formed from a value. From, from your values, yeah. So, but that moral may apply to you yourself or to a group who believes in those morals. Um, and once those morals... So, so what I want to take out of this is there's not necessarily such thing as a good moral or a bad moral because you're forming those and it may be something that one person may consider bad but other person may consider fine. So not ha so I think like when you when you say not having morals there that idea is not having any of those formed at all versus whether there's an option of right or wrong yeah. there. Well, and the we, same thing with the ethical code. Like there's the idea of unethical which is not following that code, but not but the code itself isn't necessarily uh, uh, good or bad based on what the morals are. It's just what a group has decided yeah. is needed for, and is right. is what and is deemed best for the profession and yeah. is good good for that. And we'll look at bad ethics, uh, bad ethical code as well. They don't have to be moral, 
And, you know, with morality, the fact that it's based on values, when we say people are immoral, it's usually that they're doing things not based on good values. That's why, and we say not good, it's, you know, they may not value. But that's all subjective. Uh, it, it, so, so. It is. Go, you, you, that, go that's all like, you can have a value that's a bad value. You can have a moral that aim. You can have morals and those morals are bad. But does that make you immoral? You don't lack morals. Yeah. You have those yeah. morals. They're, but they're, 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 they're against the societal norms of what we have deemed to be acceptable in our group, right? But then again, you go to other countries and what is moral and immoral, right? And that goes back to a few episodes we had about talking about wisdom and understanding and realizing that our, what we do is based on our knowledge. Other cultures are different. There's um, egocentricity, which is all about me, ethnocentricity about my group. There's, um, you know, why in the Middle East do they, you know, why, why do we fail so much in other countries? We're trying to make other countries like the U.S. And that isn't how they grew up. It's, it's totally different. And that's where we start to lose the concept. And that's why we have to start thinking. So when we're looking at it, okay, so, you know, immorality, you know, nobody can, but, and that's where it gets back to what's the theme of the podcast. Then I want my values to be something that isn't just good for me, but good for others. Doesn't have to be good what everybody else deems good, but which is, is going to help others. And then off of that, my morality is going to be, my morals are going to be built off of something that is foundationally what I believe to be right, true, and good, and build off of that. And that'll usually fit into, hopefully, if it's something good, if you're doing something that is not only good for you, but your intention is good for others, generally, it'll fall into uh, a, a decent guideline of helping, even if it's helping sometimes for the wrong reasons. Like if we want to go help another country, we're, you know, we're stumbling over our own feet. Our intentions are good, even though sometimes what we're doing is, is wrong. And that's what it, it starts to get into. And normally, if we're focusing more on others than ourselves, our intentions will tend to be better. When we focus on ourselves, selfishness comes in, and we tend to not think well about others. If our focus is on others, then our intentions usually tend to be better in general. It sort of feeds on itself. So ethics aren't always moral and vice versa. It's important to know that what is ethical isn't always moral and vice versa. I don't know if you ever heard of uh, Omerto. I, yeah, As I explain it, you'll know yeah. exactly what it is. It's is a that, code of that, silence developed among members of the mafia. Yeah. There you go. It was used to protect criminals from the police. This follows the rules of ethically correct behavior for the mafia. Not moral but ethically correct. Why not moral? When it gets back to the morality, now you're protecting criminals. You're protecting people that have harmed other people. And we're allowed to pursue happiness in whatever we want, but not at the expense of other people's happiness and whatever they want. And that's, that's how you start to define when, you know, what you're doing is decent, right, or wrong. Because we put in a lot of our personal opinions into these things because it's best for me. And that's great that it's best for me, but I am not allowed to do what's best for me if it inhibits you from pursuing what's best for you. And once we start to realize that other people are ends in themselves and not a means to myself, we start to respect that a, a, a little bit more. But and if in, we go ahead. But in their in their group, so the mafia has the the rule basically like don't rat on other mafia members' rule. That's to protect their group 
Mm-hmm. So within their group, that is what is morally righteous. Yeah. You are you are protecting your family, your your organization from the outside. Yep. So you can you can prosper and you can do what you protecting want. Protecting yourself does not mean it's right. That's where we remember. I, that's where we. But protecting be. others, you're protecting your your family, yeah. quote unquote. You're when you're protecting, when your protection is at the expense of hurting others, that's when it becomes wrong, and that's what we, as a society, we always all of these things we start to deem upon ourselves because it seems right to me and what's okay, but it ends up being the wrong action, and that's why understanding these filters. Are very, are very important. So we start to understand, yeah, it feels good to me. Maybe it's right. It's honorable. It's what people say is right, but maybe it's really wrong. Uh, we'll have, you know, people do crazy, crazy things that they think they're, they really believe they're doing for their family and they'll hurt other people. Uh, and that, that's very dangerous. But I think that's a, that's a very interesting way to look at it because when people justify their actions in situations like that, especially in a group like that, they think they're doing what's best for for them and the people yeah, around them. You're right. So they are are following their moral code and and the values that right. they understand are are right. And that's where it gets interesting because we're we're outside of this bubble and looking at it from the looking at it from the outside and the way that that group decides to think and 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 have their code of ethics is not okay to us. Yeah but it's okay to, to that group itself. And what makes, so, so playing devil's advocate here, like, yes, there's some basics here, you know, the respect everyone's freedoms, uh, not at the cost of, and like, let, let people do whatever they want without being destructive or without costing other individuals, their freedoms. But we're, we're in our own bubble here. We have our own, set of thought and what we're doing and how we're acting on everything day to day, other people or other groups may consider immoral. So not, not saying that like I can justify what the mafia is doing is okay, but within certain groups or where you are or what we're even what we're doing big picture or within another group may not be mm-hmm. a it's positive a, thing. There's a good thing. It, it doesn't have to be positive. There's a good chance it is immoral. And we don't realize it because we are in our own little bubble. Yeah. And that's when we look at, we said the mafia, they're protecting their own and it's ethical to them, but it's already wrong because it's their own. Whenever you're in that protective state and what is close to me and near to me and I'm, and I'm, I'm looking to protect that, it starts to realize that it's not outward going. And that's why it ends up, it is immoral because anytime it's about me, it could be my country. We don't realize it. It becomes immoral um that's why other countries will say we are immoral no we're not no we're not this is our country united states of america it's not, you know me tom i wave the flag red white and blue um very conservative guy I, I i but if you really look at what our country does it's it's immoral simple as that simple as that doesn't we're, take, we're on the inside we're on the inside it, of the, it, the mafia yeah, and... it doesn't take <laughs> away from from our soldiers doesn't take away from any any of that we just lose sight of it so the other end of that, so they're following their ethically correct behavior for the organization, but it can be viewed as wrong from a moral standpoint. A moral action can also be unethical. The lawyer who goes and tells the court that his client is really guilty, right? 
He may be acting out of a moral desire to see justice done, but it's deeply unethical because it violates the attorney-client privilege. Is that is that privilege enumerated in um, United States law, like within the Constitution, or? Well, you have the freedom of speech, so that freedom of speech. But to be, uh, and again, I am no lawyer, um, and I didn't read up on any of this. But if there's certain, you know, there's certain rules of conduct at any job, and you know, and you have to follow those rules of conduct. And if you follow, you know, if you go against them, you can't say this is my freedom of speech. I mean, if you're working as the um, at the barista, as a barista at Starbucks, and everybody that walks in the door, you start telling them, um, you know, you should go someplace else. And I don't like Starbucks. You're expressing your freedom of speech, but what you're doing is you're violating the code of conduct at yeah. that at that. But out, place. outside of that, so um, and I, I feel like I'm bringing you on like 20 tangents already. Mind. But uh, outside of the that idea, so you have the the idea of attorney-client privilege privilege where if if your client tells you I killed someone, that conversation is private between yeah. the two of you. But uh, there also is, and I'm I'm not a a, a poli sci major whatsoever, but uh, correct me if I'm wrong. One of the Bill of Rights is the ability to protect yourself from incriminating yourself. Yeah, well, that's where you could take the Fifth Amendment as yeah. well. Yeah. So, so is that even though the lawyer knows I'm guilty and I, he has that code of ethics to protect him, uh, that conversation, there's some protection of that conversation within the, the American legal system as well. Well, 100%, because that is why that person confided in them because of that confidentiality. So he specifically told them that knowing that he's not allowed to tell. And if he does tell, it's going to, you know, it, it'll, it can ruin his career. So in that situation, the, the individual action is immoral, but it's protected by law, which doesn't necessarily always follow ethics. Oh, a lot of our immoralities are protected by law, Tommy. <laughs> a lot of them. Yeah, that, I mean, yeah. Which is, which is another yeah. interesting yeah, conversation. Yeah, that's okay, but that's there. freedom. You know, the, go, the, go, the laws and governments shouldn't, um, shouldn't be telling me what's moral and immoral either. Laws are there to protect um, people from other people going against their freedoms. So if you want to be immoral, go ahead. You're allowed to. The government is not allowed to tell you you're not allowed. You, 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 you are not allowed to be immoral. But it doesn't give you the freedom to bear your immorality at my expense. Um, it does mean that we need to tolerate each other. It is what it, it is what it is, but your immorality doesn't mean you're allowed to now rob my house. But there's also the idea of a victimless crime, and a lot of our laws that that um, protect, not protect, but but uh, punish people for crimes that have no victims. Yeah. Well, it, it beyond that, I mean, the whole the, the whole system is is ridiculous. All the laws everything it's a bunch of nonsense and and bottom line is they make laws and all laws do are control people that usually don't break the law because people that break the law are still are still going to break it an example would be just what we went through with the coronavirus when the governor 
said, if people don't start listening to what he's saying about social distancing, uh, he's going to put in that you're not even allowed to go outside at all and exercise. Now, the bottom line is all the people that are going out and obeying the rules, they're the ones that are going to be affected by that law. Yeah. Right. We're going outside, we're exercising, we're practicing social distancing, we're not getting together. Now we're not allowed to. And guess what? The people that didn't care what the law was, guess what they're still going to do? They're still going to do it. Yeah. And now what's he going to do? Let me throw him in jail. And that's where it gets ridiculous. And that's how things happen like you're talking about. Um, and don't worry about getting sidetracked. It's getting everybody to think. So ethical dilemmas assume that the chooser will, will abide in societal norms, such as codes of law or religious teachings, in order to make the choice ethically impossible. And that's what we're going to look at today. Um, there's no real good answers. Ethical dilemmas, they also call them moral dilemmas, are situations in which there's a choice to be made between two options. And the options are usually very rigid, neither of which resolves the situation in an ethically acceptable fashion. In such cases, society and personal ethical guidelines provide no satisfactory outcome for the chooser. So as we look at it today, there's a, there's a couple different types of ethics and there's a lot of no right no wrong they all have their holes in them there's uh deontological which is real simple it's a duty or obligation to do the the right thing in this case right action is prominent do the right thing and we're going to explain both of these in a little bit you're not worried about the consequences you're not even worried about the outcome it's always about just doing the right thing on a personal level, I'm a big believer of this type of thing. Just do the right thing. Because too many people, people think of the consequences and then make the, do a bad thing. Well, if I tell the truth, this person will be mad at me. Or if I tell the truth, I could get in trouble. Well, I think you're better off just telling the truth. In the long run, I'm a firm believer in just doing the right thing and deal with the personal consequences. Because when you don't, it's just a spider web that starts to get out of control. But then the utilitarian in me, which is very practical, wants to deal with consequential ethics, where how are you going to get the best outcome? The outcome determines whether what you did was right. And that could be very bad because you can make a really bad decision and then say, yeah, but look, you know, here, I robbed this bank, but look, my family's living better and uh, we paid the mortgage. But that, Not, uh, but that goes against um, that goes against the idea of you benefiting your inner circle. Once again, as opposed to benefiting the greater good. There you go. And this is why it all goes back: my values, my morals, my ethics, how I how I live, and why it's all so important. And that's why we look at people and go, "How do they do that?" The found, their foundational system is wrong. Sometimes they were, and it's no excuse to be brought up the wrong way because I don't care where you're brought, where you're brought up. Um, there's people that come out of the worst places in the world and are shining stars in this world. And there's people that come out having every single opportunity in the world and are dregs of humanity. Um, so I'm a firm believer that um, I think one 
is a platform that can give you an advantage or a disadvantage, but it's no excuse to the individual. Yeah, I think uh, it's it's all about like in, in case of upbringing, like you might be five steps ahead of someone because you had, you know, a nurturing family or five steps behind, but there's no reason you shouldn't have an issue overcoming one way or the other. None like, whatsoever. And, and you'll see it in a household where a parent's an alcoholic, one kid ends up being an alcoholic, the other one ends up never drinking. I've spoken about this before in podcasts where um, most pedophiles were abused from a pedophile. And your mind would think, wouldn't that keep them from doing that? But actually, I don't understand it. And it's no excuse, though. There's no, there's no way you're going to say it's okay. I feel bad for that person. It wasn't their fault. It absolutely was. They, and they, more than anybody, knows how much it hurt and affected them. And they're taking that and inflicting it upon somebody that's else. A, that's actually... Um... Interestingly enough, I've, I've listened to a lot of podcasts with, um, I don't know if you remember him from the 90s, Dr. Drew, uh, where he talks about um, people who have like weird fetishes or weird behaviors. And a lot of them stem from like our brains and the way our brains work. The way people cope with those traumatic events is reenactment. Yeah. So that's why there's a lot of prevalence of like, especially in the Catholic Church, a lot of these, re a lot of these priests who are pedophiles were themselves abused yeah. by priests when they were little and it goes and, back to our mind we go on autopilot and we just do what feels good yeah. what feels right and that's why it's so important think different be different make a difference uh you know it, it, it's important to help re i call it rewriting the code yeah rewrite the code but yeah you're right because at, at the end of the day like with something like that there's no reason that you shouldn't be you shouldn't be able to stop the loop, even though you're predisposed to doing that because of your past traumatic events. And in the case of like, I'm a little bit more, I'm a little bit more empathetic with like, um, with alcoholics, like generational alcoholics, because there is the idea of like uh, substance abuse as genetics mm -hmm. and having genetic markers that make you Gen more or genetically disposed, 100%. disposed to doing that. That doesn't mean that you can't stop yourself mm -hmm. from doing it, but it makes it a lot easier for you to fall into yeah, it. 100%. So we have the, the two, uh, two schools of thought, and just only two, and I use them because they're opposing, is the one of, to paraphrase, always doing the right thing, and then the more utilitarian is consequential out, uh, ethics. The outcome determines what was right and, and wrong. And again, in my mind, that could be very dangerous, but it, there's a balance. And again, it goes back to why our last episode of values is so important. All right, now the fun part some fun examples for discussion there tom so the train dilemma right we've heard it the train is rushing down the tracks towards five people there's a switch in the train track you can divert it onto another track there's nobody else present it's only you people can't get out of the way you can't warn them You can watch this train hit the five people, or you can pull the lever and it goes down and kills one person. When I say, what do you do? I'm asking a universal question. What do you do? Uh, it's you, the greater good is to do the least harm possible, right? And the least harm possible is to divert the lever to the one person instead okay. of the five. 
So remember I said it's going to be very important how every grain of sand is a bit of knowledge. Mm -hmm. And we, we, we never have all the information. That's why we have these social media pileups. Besides that people are weak and lame. They, they, they have a very little bit of information and they pile on. Um, so what if the one person was the president? Greater good. The You can't value a life based on the achievements of that individual person. And I think like specifically for the United States, like if we're going to go into that discussion, we have, we have a political system. Can we say it was any president, not necessarily Donald Trump? <laughs> it could have been Abraham Lincoln. Yeah. Okay. But, but specifically for the United States, we have a system in place for, for succession. If something like that happens, it's not like what we'd be out of the loop. And in my case, like I'm benefiting that inner circle of, you know, the, the president and his cabinet and whatever. But at the end of the day, the result is one dead life versus five dead lives. And those other five lives can be Nobel winning scientists that have contributed yeah. more to humanity than that president has. So, so you don't know about them yet, right? Remember I said knowledge is, yeah. so let's say it was Abraham Lincoln, right? We're talking about greater good. And it's just as everything's starting to take away and he's fighting for, you know, he's, he's fighting, fighting to free the slaves. The greater good. You don't want Abraham Lincoln to die. It's still like, and this is, I think, my utilitarian view on this. It's still five lives versus one okay. life. Okay, so, and you can't, you can't put like a value on on a life, individual lives. I'm with you. Like my his life isn't worth five mm -hmm. other. So originally you said greater good, and that's what I'm playing off of. So it's not so much the greater good; it's the fact that. We'll keep it as numbers and each life is equally valuable. Yeah. Okay. Um, if that person was, you know, the doctor that's about to come up with the cure for cancer, as opposed to the five, same thing. Even though that person is going to save thousands of lives. See, that's, that's, once you start making exceptions to a the, rule like that. They're not exceptions. It's more information. Yeah, they're different. But, but go ahead, go but ahead. I, I think that like, because you have to look at it this way: like, when this country uh, uh, comes up with laws, or 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 anything around that, like it's it has to be broad and has to cover all situations, right? So like like, you know, a law saying you can't murder people, like there needs to be a broad spectrum of how murder is defined. And it needs to be, apply to all situations. It needs to be uni universal and, and not, not selflessly imposed and have a certain maxim about it. Right? Exactly. And in that particular situation, okay, that doctor may come up with the cure for cancer and save tens of thousands of lives, but he may get hit by a bus mm -hmm. coming off the train track after I saved his life. He may have an aneurysm Absolutely. And, and do that. So at the end of the day, like the only guarantee is one life versus five. You, we don't have the knowledge. We agree on that, right? Yeah. Okay. The, cool. the only guarantee is one life versus five. So again, save, okay. save the five. Um, and again, it's running towards the five. Now, you, you, so you're telling me you are flipping the switch and you are, you are personally condemning that one person that at, wasn't going to die, but now he is, right? To save the five. To save the five. 
Yes. All right, I, I got it. But you, you just killed somebody that wasn't in danger. But I can watch five people die and know that I could have prevented it. But you killed somebody that was not in any danger. But I saved five lives. But you made a decision. To save five lives. But now we're, a number of lives is more important than the, indiv than the individual. I just want I just want everybody to keep thinking. I think I think I think the way I, I think the point I'm trying to get across is each individual is equally important in this situation and me having the ability to save five individual lives instead of one individual life is what makes this a, a conversation of value to yeah. me and yeah, how I can how I can There's no right or wrong no right or wrong and how i can justify mm -hmm. no matter who the one individual is nine times out of ten i'll save the five yeah. well 99 times out of 100 well, i'll save it it's that one that that gets interesting um so find the one no no, no <laughs> it's, it's the one that gets interesting so if it's one child and five adults and again i am pulling the lever i am saying that this person is going to die instead of you know how does that per you've taken that child away from those people, that child's life, whatever it may have been or was going to be, those five, five adults, what their lives were. And again, knowledge makes it more important. What, what if it was one child and five pedophiles? Would you flip the switch? You're allowed. You gave yourself one out of a hundred, Tom. That's so, okay. That, that makes it very interesting because you're, you are using my, morals and the way i feel about people who are convicted criminals to sway me in the direction of of the less utilitarian answer so i don't know are we going to stay utilitarian so, or is there going to be so when does the one come in if if i if this was an emotional decision of course i would save the child but if if this is me trying to stick to my guns about this, no matter who those five lives are, I am, I am valuing all six lives on the table equally and saving the, the, the five wins over saving the one. Over saving the one. How would you feel if, and again, I'm asking, I'm not challenging, I'm really asking, and you're giving me great feedback. How would you feel if you were the one on the track and there were five pedophiles and then somebody went to flip the switch and you were going to go. Are you willing to give your life for five pedophiles? I wouldn't be happy about it, but it would fit would, within my, my ideals in this situation. How would you feel if those five pedophiles needed an organ transplant and you had the organs and forget about the train, they decided they were going to come to you. Um, one to the five, we're going to kill you and take your organs and give it to this guy. That, I mean, <laughs> that's, the whole idea of yeah. this is that we feel very strong in a way. And you said, I'm going to take a stand. We should never be so much taking a stand without, it's okay to take a stand where we're at today, but realize that it might change because yeah, of I, the input and the information. And that's okay because but let's hear here let's hear let's let's hear this from your end those situate each of those situations uh you're put in that place and you're you're given those controls 
would you act differently than I acted? Would you would you put more value on the information, or would you uh, um, use the util utilitarian value of each human life is equal, no matter who they were, who they are, and what their situation yeah. is? Just like you just did, I would do the same thing. I would base my information. I would base my decision on whatever information I had at hand at the moment, and all of that. Then I would have to make a judgment based on my values, my morals, my ethics everything that came up and how I've lived my life and I think is the best way. And I would do what I thought was best trying to take out my own um, personal views, which is what you just did. Um, you know, it's with the information. That's why every time I did it, our stance doesn't always stay the same because I am getting more information. Uh, you know, and, and all of a sudden, you know, when we start thinking of the many, now what about the many on the other side? Say we, you know, we go and we drop a bomb on Japan. It ends the war, ends a lot of Americans from dying. I'm not even going to ask you for an answer on that one. I don't have an answer for it. Um, you know, I think that's how people sleep at night from doing it. Um, you know, because it was horrific. Let's just yeah. say, it, you know, it's it hurts hurtful. And that's why war is terrible and all of these things. Um, I think it starts to give us a bigger picture of just why man is is man the problem. It goes back to what I originally yeah. said: is the dilemma really? If you were, if you were in that seat holding that button that said drop the nuke, would have you would you have done it differently? Probably as the president of the United States, and you, the oath you take is for the United States. Yes, he could sleep much better at night knowing that. I'm not saying I wouldn't do it. I'm just saying I'm, I'm so grateful I would never be in that position. Um, you know, e even the fact of uh, being at that train switch. I, I think if you gave me a gun, I would just blow my brains out. Uh, you know, I don't want to make that decision. It's a terrible one. And it can go down so many different things. You know, whether it's a pedophile or my son or your nephew. I know what I'm choosing. Because at that point, now, uh, this is where we think about the greater good. All right? But then it comes down to, what is my responsibility to that person? My responsibility to my son is also to protect him as a dad. And I'm not saying it's the right answer universally it's the wrong answer because it's the same it's going back yes. to the mafia thing 100% because you're 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 protecting your inner circle yeah. because you have an emotional yeah. attachment to that person and you're choosing to do that because you promised that person that yeah. I will keep you safe and guess what i think it's right but i can honestly tell you i know it's wrong i think it's right cuz it checks all the boxes in my heart and in my life and everything else but it's still wrong. And that's why man has to step outside of himself and start to say, all right. And I start to realize that even though I, I don't have all the answers and the problem is man, that even then when it gets to that point, I'm still going to be selfish. Even if it's not my selfish and it's for my son. And we start to realize, and the whole idea of this is to realize how flawed we all really are, yet we think we're so brilliant and we have all the answers to everything. And the idea of this episode is specifically is to start to realize, man, I, I, I don't have the answers. So the things that are a little easier than these ethical questions, man, I, maybe, maybe it isn't so hard to, to live the right life and do the right thing and help other, uh, other people as I, as I thought. Maybe it's not as, as tough as I thought. Maybe I don't have to be as selfish and I could be more selfless because the things we're talking about really makes us realize how limited we are. And it, you know what it makes me realize, Tommy? 
I shouldn't be making any of those decisions because it only seems right to me, but my knowledge is so limited to that but circumstance you, and how it's going to affect put, others. You may be put in a place in your life, yeah. not by choice, where you have to make a decision like that. And that's the, like the, the, having these thought experiments and talking about this is doing nothing but preparing you for, I may be put in this yeah, situation. It's training. I may have to deal with this. And, and the interesting thing is like, I'm not, I'm not a father, so I don't have a, a strong connection to another person like you do. Like you, you have six children, you would die for them in a second. Like no, no questions asked. No. Uh, what if you're put in that more moral dilemma where it's, where it's your child or five other people, what is the number on the other side no. that would make you change no. your mind? Is it, is it, 50 people? Is it a hundred people? Is it a thousand people? Because at the end of the day, when you make a decision like that, that you know is right for you, but wrong for the others, what is the cost on the other yeah. side? How big can yeah. that cost get? How heavy does the weight have to be on the other side for you to change your mind? And that goes, we've spoken in other episodes about everybody has a price. What that means is, oh, I wouldn't do it for that. I wouldn't do something for this, but everybody has a price in somewhere where all of a sudden it becomes so outstanding that all of a sudden we realize we would. And again, it goes to our flawed nature, no matter how good and moral we think that we are. But what is important, well, I think what this teaches us is that it's important that we do have the right values and right morals so that when we do make that decision on that day, we are really making what I truly believe is the best decision that perhaps isn't selfless. Even if it's for my son, it's, um, it's selfish, but... It's selfless because it's not directly for you. Yeah, but it's still selfish. Bottom line is, if there's ever a choice to sacrifice yourself or somebody, I truly believe that you should sacrifice. It doesn't mean that they knock on my door and they say, you have the organ for this guy, I get to kill you. It, it, we all have the right and our end in, our, in ourselves. And that's why it becomes very difficult. So we have the child for five adults. We have the five for one, the hundred for one, a thousand for one, as you were saying. And, and it's important because sometimes, um, you know, it, it's, it's, it becomes very difficult. You know, the same thing could be the train could be rushing. Instead of running towards the five and towards the one person, you know, the train could be running towards the one person, you know. Yeah. And then you switch the switch to the five. Now you made a choice. What you made, you know, you know, because you had a personal interest. You know, I don't know if any of these cases, maybe, maybe you're up for murder. Maybe they're not going to look that you saved how many, but how many you killed. I, I don't know. Yeah. We're going to get into a couple of other examples that really we're going to have to think about that a little bit. That's why it, it's amazing. So in any of these decisions, would you feel better if at the time there was other people around that you could confer with and inquire? Um, sharing the, the guilt of the decision I made. Your decision, 100%. You do the lever but there's another, a couple other people to talk to about it. I think that might like coddle me in the situation, like make sure that I'm, my thought processes are right. But I think the only thing that would make me feel truly better is if it's, it's a shared group decision. So like three of us put our hand on the lever and make that decision as opposed to me having the final say. But the three, all three of you agree, but you have to pull the lever. That's, I, I mean, that's... It's similar. If it's, yeah. Uh, okay, look at it this way. If it's all three of us make a decision, 
but no one has the the option to overrule any other if it's a if it's a unanimous decision we all agree i feel like having other people other perspectives in a situation before you make a decision as horrific as that decision is makes it easier to cope with at the end of the day well it it goes back to wisdom you get more perspectives right goes more back, data more data exactly you know we're in a room um you know i i i, I tell you there's you know I, that thing over there that's gray and gray and has a trunk right that's an elephant and you go oh you mean the thing with the big ears right? we're both looking at the same thing a different a different pers different perspective yeah. so the other part that gets dangerous about that is if you don't have a strong because what if they're what if you're not the person but they're asking you and you're strongly against what they want to do that's why it's so important that your values are so important bottom line you got to the other two people that are going to tell you what to do, believe it or not, it's easier for them because they don't have the same skin in the game. Because at the end of the day, he's going to say, but it's up to you. The person actually has to pull the trigger. The person actually has to go to war. The person actually has to send their own son to war as opposed to this is what's best, right? You get very, very different viewpoints. Well, it's great we won this war. At what price? See, it was one soldier. One soldier was my son. Guess what? I don't know if it's worth it. It's just a way of perspective to every everybody. And we understand this is why our country has so many different views on things because there's so many different perspectives. And that's okay. It should be. It absolutely should be. So at least we can balance out somewhere. The, conver the conversations and the arguments need to happen. Need to happen often. And people need to respect each other's viewpoints and listen to other people. They don't. And that's, yes, that's the problem. People want to make their stand yes. because you'll disrupt their life. And that's why it's important. Think different, right? Don't think like everybody else. To be different, that means there has to be a change taking place within myself to make a difference. So. And be open to being swayed about your opinion. Yeah, like, well, that's like take, part of it. That's take thinking. the data that you get yeah. and apply it to other that's situations. That's the whole idea of the thinking. Don't just go and take in what you want to hear. That, I mean, that's idiots. That's what these that's the problem that all these movie stars and musicians have. They surround themselves with people that tell them what they want to hear and they end up overdosing and all the problems. You know, they it, just take in information. You're supposed to take it in as sterile and let the let the data speak for it speak sterile for itself. as an unbiased. Yeah. yeah. Take it in as what it is and yeah. and, and analyze it yourself. One hundred percent. So the danger the danger of once other people get involved in me feeling better uh, about it, it's one thing that I'm going to take in their information, Tom, and use it to expand my knowledge base. But other times, unfortunately, our weakness takes over. And all we want, we want to do what is accepting of the group. And as that group gets bigger, it can get really nasty. And it's amazing because you'll, you'll have, and there's studies where you have good intention people, when they get together to make decisions, they don't make good decisions. They don't make the same decisions as they would have as an individual. They get watered down to a mediocrity, unfortunately. Um, an example of that would be, you know, I would, we would never think of going and taking something from the neighbor across the street. And I would never go and take it from neighbor one to give it to a neighbor two because they need it. Right? You get a bunch of people together and all of a sudden we all talk about each other. Hey, you know what we should do as a group? We should make everybody give some of something to this person. 
right? So I'm not willing to go take from that person. I believe it's wrong and give to somebody else. But as a group, we're going to, we will say that we should possibly go do that. What do we start to do? We started putting my beliefs on other people. That person doesn't do anything. If I want to give, I, I give. And that's the problem when you get good people. They believe they're doing a good thing and they want to take their morals and impose it on everybody. That's and a testament to also like from an ind individual perspective, it's, it relates to who in the group has the strongest uh, uh, moral. So the the idea that may become prevalent in a group is the one who feels the strongest about and speaks up first and speaks up first. One hundred percent. And the per uh, the person afterwards, if they don't feel as strongly about their moral, they're they willing to to appease go the group along with it. To you know, like like I think we're we're also like animals that are wired in a way that we try to avoid conflict mm -hmm. and the opportunity for conflict. If it can be avoided by knocking down a moral is very easy for us to avoiding do conflict and need for acceptance. Those two, those two yeah. come into play and, um, and it sometimes that group helps us remove ourselves from accountability, which we don't always like, and that becomes very dangerous. And that's why putting more power into government, um, it, it, it just doesn't, it just doesn't work. We can't have our government be our moral gauge or our good person gauge or whatever. You know, we, we need to do it as as individuals because we see what happens with government. I mean, it's just it's it's not good. So the danger is societally, if we go and we we want to take the temperature of everybody, it can go in the wrong direction. So you can end up with I speak all the time about Nazi Germany that had to do with, you know, nationalism. So many different things that came into play. World you War know, One. Yeah, they're, they're, yeah, exactly. There you did not have an entire country full of maniacs. You had a couple maniacs that brought along other people that did atrocities and, and did certain things and went along with it to preserve their lives. Because you justify it as, as this is what the group wants. Yeah, like the justification, what... my country, other yeah. things. That's why it gets very dangerous. Um, you were pretty young during the riots in, in LA mm -hmm. and what happened. But unfortunately, whenever you get mobs together, whether it's there or it's the Christmas rush at a store, People just act insane. Their individual accountability ends up being removed. You have mobs going and yeah. throwing bricks at people. Yeah. Like I'm not going to get in trouble because everyone else yeah, around me like, is doing this. Normally, they would never go or after a, a, a victory at a game. you know, Normally, they would never go and do this. But as a group, they think it's okay. So it becomes very dangerous, which is very important. Why as individuals, we think about what we're doing. We're not a, just a sheep, right? And that's the whole idea of the Thinking Man podcast. It's not for everybody. This isn't left or right. It's not political. It's not re not religious. Not racial. Not ethnic. Has nothing to do with your country. It just has to do with people thinking, and and just you know about what they're doing, and that that's the Im important part. And realize that where I stand today might not be where I to be wise enough to realize where I stand today may not be where I stand tomorrow. Yeah. As my knowledge expands i think your big your big point is to like don't let your lizard brain take control and and put you in a in a scenario where you're reacting on emotion or or instinct yeah. it's give yourself an opportunity to think about the situations yeah, you put in just um think. and i do agree that like as humans we're, we're we fall back into our animalistic our comfort, zones. our comfort zones yeah. very quickly. Mm -hmm. And I think that 
you know, the, the, the gift that we've been given in terms of our brain and the, the, the ability to process information. We have an intellect. Uh, is something that like, and even if you're not, and no, we're not, I'm not talking about like stupid or smart or whatever, because no, no. everyone has the ability to think about Absolutely. a situation, like to, to give yourself the ability to stop and analyze and make data driven decisions about what you're doing is very important. And well, I think not episode, enough people do it. No, they, the majority don't Tom. That's why our, our episode we did on wisdom has nothing to do with being smart or dumb. Has to do with the knowledge you have, and what you do with it, and how you utilize it. Um, all ignorance is is ignoring what's in 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 front of you. Um, it's not stupidity; it's just ignoring yeah. different facts. So you know, as we go in and we talk about different things, it is so important that you know people just start to think. And when you start to do that, you start to realize that you know what we live in a society that focuses on the wrong things that we have in common and the wrong things that we're against. And in general, we're for, you take a group of people and the basis of it is we're for a lot of the same things. It's just when you get to how to get to those things that it gets a little off. I gave the example in one of our, or in maybe it was even the last episode. You know, if all of a sudden, if you looked at the person that you were pointing the rifle at and at the other side of the enemy lines, and you started to compare what they what they what you have in common wow they have a family that they care about they believe in honor they believe in truth they believe that they all of a sudden this person values the same things i do yeah but they're your enemy this person should be my friend because a group told you the the bigger group told you that they're your enemy and so i you believe have to... they're my enemy and i'm not thinking yeah and i become a pawn and that's what this is all about, not to become pawns of government, that we don't end up with some, you know, dystopian society, that we don't end up with, you know, in just a crazy world, because that's what social media is. You know, anybody says anything, they become trashed, even if it's okay, the, the majority jumps on them. And all of a sudden, they back off of what they said. Yeah. And we become a, a country of majority mob rule without any intellect and just a bunch of emotion of what feels right. And in a society, we're, we're totally changing. You know, the whole, you, know, you think about the Me Too movement, and, and I'm all for it, because if I'm going to really believe that people are an end in themselves, I don't believe that a woman is a means to my pleasure. I believe that woman is an end of herself. And you can look back 50 years, and you can say what was done was wrong, but to go back and castrate people for what they did 50 years ago, I don't agree with it. No more than I want to judge you for everything you did in high school and hold you responsible for that. Because we'll all admit, I was stupid. I'm not that person anymore. You can't lock a person and freeze them in time and say that's how they always were. You know, maybe what you did at that time, you were doing what other high school kids were doing. Yeah. It doesn't mean you're irresponsible. It doesn't mean you don't care now. But at that age, that's what you did. You're irresponsible. You didn't care. Not that you were hurting your... Now well, that's, the same, that's the same thing you see with, with these people like... Uh, I'm going to use Kevin Hart as an example here. Someone dug up a tweet from 2009 from him and because that is engraved in the stone of the internet and someone found that that shitty thing he said uh, um, uh, 10 years ago, he got kicked off the Oscars. Yeah, it's nonsense. And it's it's like, like it takes zero account into personal growth, into like what morals and ethics were back in that time. Because like you have to think about how 
the society has changed even over the last 10 years over like watch a movie from 15 years ago i wanted to get to the movies and look at look at the language yeah. that people are using in that movies dropping you know uh words that like the r word and stuff like that that yeah. people will not like even fathom using today so it's interesting i don't, I don't know what the r word is don't don't tell me but i have to think about it now <laughs> i'm just i'm thick <laughs> so M mentally uh, oh i got you i got you okay <laughs> um yeah so but with that that has to go with then the people at the oscars not being confident enough and a lot of it has to do with self confidence even we were talking about before about jobs and people are just weak in their own belief of who they are so they believe instead of doing the right thing they always have to bend towards what everybody but else wants so i watch a lot of uh, i watch a lot of old westerns and stuff from the you know 40s 50s man you watch these things you were totally sexist i mean all these westerns they're there talking to the woman and the woman says they hate him and the guy says no you don't and they pull the woman into him and she says no no and they kiss her and they say you know you want me and she goes and then she of course succumbs to it because she always did you watch these things and i watch every one of them and you grimace like, oh my goodness, but that was the norm. I'm talking Charlton Heston. I'm talking every John Wayne, every movie. It was the norm. And guess what? When men and women saw it, went and watched those movies, they thought nothing of it. Because that was okay back then. It was, the, I'm not saying it's right, but it was okay. But you can't, you know, those people would even say maybe now that, yeah, it wasn't yeah. right. But, that, that's, but that's, the, that's societal growth, yeah. right? We, we come to understand what the inequalities were for people and we are growing and changing for the better around that. But in regards to what you said around the me too movement and how people were being, uh, um, like basically it was like a little bit of a witch hunt yeah. and, and like it was what I consider a, a self-correction. If it's a pendulum, the pendulum was swung all the way yeah. to the left and, and it began to swing back and it swung all the way to the right and it's hopefully going to balance out. Well, the danger of those ends up being, Tom, is that when you see that the pendulum swings too far and you go, hey, wait a minute, I don't know. Wait a minute. You got to start getting fingers pointed at you like, you think it's okay? I didn't say I thought it's okay. I think we're thinking irrationally yeah. about this. And what happens is, and that's the whole idea, I believe as thinking men, um, we become the silent, part of the silent minority of those things because the usually in general the mob is going to be a bunch of morons yeah. and and we got to be careful not to be swept into it because i do believe that it's a small part of the population that really keeps this world moving around because they're thinking they're being decent they're trying to do the better thing for their families for the world all right let me get back to our our <laughs> dilemma what about tom a solution that maybe could save all the five and the one, the six people, or kill them, right? And there's a 50-50 chance. There's a 50-50 chance. Do you like that one? Um, remember how you said there's a price? Yeah. I don't think 50-50 is the best price. Um, depending on where that price lands, if it's a 75% chance, I might do it. Yeah, I'm with um, you. But, but I think that like that's having the data understanding the situation and like if you know off the top of your head that there's a 50 50 percent chance there's a 50 50 chance that you'll save everyone or kill everyone i would probably save the five yeah. but yeah. yeah that's it's it's all about data again all about the information you have it's it's tough 
what if here you go you see the train going towards the five i think i'm gonna give you an easy one this time meatball and had no knowledge that diverting would do any harm right that would be an easy one you divert you wouldn't even have to think about it yeah because the data point we had earlier yeah. was the, the the one person yeah and if you didn't divert the train that would just be wrong right you had the power in you to save so other people so walking uh, being in a difficult situation like that and walking away with the knowledge that you have makes you just as guilty as if you diverted the train towards the five people so let's say the train was going straight through a path no people yeah. um and then you have the train going right towards the five and you have the option to divert it but you choose not to are you just as guilty guilty as the the person who saw the lever knew he could save the five people and didn't i think the person who saw he could save the five had no idea that diverting would do anything and didn't i think he's more culpable because there was no challenge there was no um there was no challenging dilemma there wasn't one life or another there was nothing challenging that was really i could i could, I, I could spare or i couldn't i could save or i just choose not to i think there's a very big difference personally so, so do you think the malicious intent doesn't make the situation more severe for the other person who diverted it towards the five people still that person believed by saving one he was by take take the one out of the, the okay. case it's zero and five okay you have there's a train going towards five people you have the option to divert it on the other end there's a person who diverts the the the, the traffic towards the five people instead of taking the safe route Who's more guilty? The person the, the, the person that diverted towards the five as opposed to not killing anybody. The, no, the person who diverted towards the five versus the person who choose not to act. Yeah, but the one that diverted towards the five, did he avert the one or averted nobody? There's no one on the other side. Yeah. No. So my, my whole point I'm trying to make is who's more guilty? The person who chose yeah. not to divert and save five lives yeah. or the person who maliciously yeah. chose to divert towards the The person the five. who maliciously diverted towards the five, 100%, because those person weren't in people weren't in danger at all and if he hadn't acted at that point he interjected himself into harming people as opposed to interjecting himself into helping so we can agree that action is more makes you more guilty or makes the situation more bad than inaction yeah it, it depends on it because sometimes inaction could be really terrible also and i'm going to give an example so that's why it's so important and you'll hear me talk a lot of times about doesn't mean we don't take a stand it's just once you begin to realize that there's there there aren't too many just black and whites in life when if all of a sudden by the person doing nothing you hear about these parents who let their children be molested they're not the one molesting them but they're letting it happen you know, are to me is the person molesting them or the two people that have both an intimate relationship with that child i don't even know if the person that's doing it or the person that knows it and does nothing about it i couldn't tell you which is worse i think they're both terrible so that's why i said i don't i can't say which 
in, in a general universal state is more because I could think of examples where I could think they're they're absolutely equal. And I'm sure if I thought about it, I would think of a time where um, an inaction of doing something was more than an action. Have possibly. you have you watched the uh, the Finding Neverland documentary, the, the mm, Michael Jackson documentary? No. Because the 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 case that's described there is basically parents who like knew weird stuff was happening and they chose not to to do anything about it because they were enjoying the fame and the 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 like everything that came with i i, I can't watch that kind of stuff I, I get too frustrated yeah and i get very upset and that's that's and i don't i know that they're probably not delivering the entire story yeah because it's there's always two sides and yeah. uh, most two sides and multiple perspectives yeah um so we start to realize you know with that dilemma of you know what what's going to happen then it comes okay so it's heading towards the five it's easy to divert towards the one what if it was going towards five and then diverting only towards four you know then then i might start to say is okay well if i'm really you know if i'm really going by the numbers game you know then numbers are more what sounds better what's what sounds better though i did nothing and five people died or i did something and four yeah. people died oh, yeah i and somebody might hold me either responsible for five or responsible for four. Uh, no good answers. Yeah. No good I, answers. I think when the numbers get closer to, like when you bring those two numbers closer together, the decisions get more and more difficult. But if, if it depends on what you want to choose your moral code to be, do you want to have a, a, a strict line that applies to people like a law? Yeah. Or do you want it to, to be flexible yeah. and, and allow for input? Yeah. And, and there's the danger because once it's flexible, it's open to interpretation and justification and it goes south. And if it's rigid, it can be cold and heartless and take different types of situations and deal them with the same. Once again, is man really the dilemma? Because if we don't really have an answer for it, it's because of our intellect. Our, our being is not properly wired to really make the right decision. The right decision would be if somebody, Tom, had all the knowledge about all of those people, everything they've ever done, anything they would ever do, and the natural path of, we spoke about models before personally when we were talking, if they knew the trajectory that every one of that person's life was taking, but not just that person's life, but the lives they would touch, that person would have all of the knowledge and if you had all of the knowledge which is incapable for a man to have any human being you could make the right decision you'd be omniscient but because man can't and i'm going to get to that at the very end of our episode to tie this all together why it's so important that we do value life as you said it, even from different perspectives. But when we stop putting a value on it, it becomes really dangerous, yeah. really dangerous. And I think, I think there's something to be said about trying to be as fair as possible and giving each life the same amount of value because each individual human, because we don't know their potential, and because we don't know what they can do, we can we or can only going to touch or, exactly. We there's we have to 
make that value equal. And if it's five people in jail on one side and a judge on the other side of that, that train track, you don't know what those five people are going to do once they get out of jail. Even if they're, yeah. Their past may have been awful, but they may end up saving thousands of lives because they choose to do something. They might save the life of the person that's going to discover cancer. Yeah. That's why, to bring that thought around, we don't, and we can never have enough knowledge. And man is the real problem by thinking that we have all the answers and that we're so confident this is where i stand this is what i believe this is how it has to be once we realize that from all the information i currently have this is what i currently believe and i realize that no matter what i am going to continue to gather more knowledge and more information and if i do i'm more than willing to to move my stance where i stand until next time think different be different make a difference and as always we welcome your comments and feedback and questions you found the Thinking Man podcast on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and of course the website thinkingmanpodcast.com. Look forward to hearing from you.